Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello, coming up on the podcast, three of the new faces at City Hall. Vivian Santos in Point Douglas, Sean Nason in Transcona, and Kevin Klein in Charleswood Tuxedo. And we'll toss in a bit of Carolyn Klassen from Conexus Counseling for good measure here on the podcast. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now the podcast. Three of the new faces at City Hall. Three of the five new counselors that you elected yesterday. They are uh, Kevin Klein in Charleswood Tuxedo, Vivian Santos in Point Douglas, and Sean Nason in Transcona. Sean, sorry to do this to you. I'm going to turn everybody's <laughs> mics on. Uh, but I'm going to play something here, Sean. I, I We've never met before today. No. But I'll tell you what. I was listening to the coverage on CGOB and on Global News last night. And I heard this. We had a great team that, uh, that worked with us to, to get here. And I liked you instantly. Because <laughs> I am a crier, too. Awesome. And, and thank you for putting the Kleenex right in front of me. <laughs> He sat at the microphone where the cleaning happens to be sitting. Yeah. So is that, are you uh, wearing your, wear your heart on your sleeve kind of guy? I am, and, uh, you know, the stress of campaigns also doesn't uh, lend well to your emotions. We've been, uh, we've been running hard at the doors, and it, I think, finally caught up to me after three months. So yeah. And you're tired, right? You must be exhausted after this. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of messages last night. Mm-hmm. I, got, I believe I have well over 5,000 new friends on Facebook. <laughs> Excellent. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, really happy for you. And Vivian, you were on my show early in the campaign. Yes. And uh, really <laughs> nice to see you win last night. Thanks for having me here, Hal. Yes, it's uh, it's been great. It's been phenomenal. And I'm not as nervous yes. as I was the first time, I <laughs> yeah. promise you that. <laughs> yeah. No, you were great. I'm happy for you. And Point Douglas Thank obviously you. picked a good person. Thank and you. Kevin Klein. You know, uh, Kevin and I go back a little ways. Yes. Uh, I'll just say this about Kevin. I was happy for you, man, to see you win last night. Uh, when I was off the radio and not too many people were returning my phone calls, Kevin returned my phone call and we did some fun stuff together and it was exciting to do that. And so I know, my friend, that Charleswood Tuxedo is in good hands. Well, thank you very much for that. And uh, don't forget Westwood. Yes. We got to make sure we always right. include Westwood. But yeah, yes. you've been great and you, you're a good friend, and I I'm, I appreciate that very much. Yeah, I just wanted to say that because you, you. you really are a good guy, and I know you worked hard to get elected. So, would any of you do it again, or was it just? I mean, obviously you you ended up with a win, which is fantastic, but it must have been really challenging, eh, Vivian? We'll yes. start with you. Um, you know what? Um, I think I would do it again, but I think I would do it differently. Now that I this is you know my first ca- um, campaign as a candidate, um, I think I would strategize a little bit differently. I started really really early, um, and that took a long toll. I did 110 days of uh, straight campaigning, and that's a long long time. And um, if I were to do it again, and I feel like I plan on doing it again, I probably wouldn't go as as long because I will want to work hard in these four years because that is technically campaigning, yeah. right? So I will be campaigning while I'm working. And uh, coming time the next election, uh, it should be it should be a different strategy then. Yeah. You you certainly got a sense of what's going to happen in Point Douglas, having been with Pacticam over the years. You know, so you sort of understand this. But Sean in Transcona, you as well, you know, have a bit of political background, so you're coming in with some knowledge. Mm-hmm. Kevin, this is like politics is all new for you. 
It is all new, although I've been watching it and uh, you know reporting on it for several years. So it's like crossing to the floor to another team or going to the dark side or back and forth. Yeah. Um, But uh, so it is all all new and interesting. The the thing that really hit me last night was that uh, the not just the feeling of honor for being selected. Like you really sit there and look at those numbers and you say, you know, these people have put their trust in you, their confidence in you, and that sense of obligation just kind of started going through your body like, all right, you know, now I've got to get to work and do what I've said for them. So, mm-hmm. you know, not even thinking about the political side right now because yeah. I, I'm more thinking about like when you see, I'm sure that you guys will all agree, you talk to people at the doors, they're very passionate about what's happening to them or what their thoughts or concerns are, and you carry that with you now. You know, so my first focus is always going to be like, I have to answer to those folks because technically they now pay me. Yes. So I need right. to make sure I'm doing the job for them. Yeah. And I think people want to see that more in politicians now, don't you think, Sean? Well, it's we're accountable to them and we have to... We have to do what's right for them, but not everybody's going to like the decisions that you make. You have to find the balance uh, and be straightforward and open to them, like yeah. be able to talk to them and, and listen. Um, but we, we have some hard choices ahead of us mm-hmm. at the city. Uh, we need to be much more accountable. We're forever uh, blowing budgets on projects, and we need to spend money wisely. Yeah. Uh, are you looking for, let's talk about the future now. Now you're going to be representing your ward at, at City Hall. Are you all looking forward to working with Mayor Bowman? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Because that's Absolutely. been an issue with other councillors in the past, and I realize this is brand new for you guys, not to hit you with a super tough question. But, you know, the mayor has talked about wiping the slate clean. Janice Lukes has talked about wiping the slate clean. And just as a taxpayer, just just as an average guy, I want to see more communication at City Hall. I want to see everybody getting along. Uh, even if you don't get along, at least you're talking about it, right? It looks like Mayor Bowman's going to have enough votes to get some stuff done. Um, but are you guys looking at it that way too, going in and you'll deal with things on a day-by-day basis? Or how are you yeah. going to go into this? You know, I, I think that the the secret to success in, in either it's business or sports or maybe even politics is you have to be cooperative and collaborative, right? Mm-hmm. I think you have to look at it as it's really, you know, 15 councillors, as everyone says, but you're, those 15 individuals are really representing hundreds of thousands of people. And I think when we start thinking about the people first as as opposed to our own, uh, you know, thoughts or feelings or egos, you get that out of the way. Uh, you can sit down and have a discussion, and you have to be able to compromise. You have to be able to cooperate with the uh, with your peers, and you and you have to do as Ron said. You have to do what's best, and you have to make some tough decisions. But as long as those decisions really are coming from the right place, and mm-hmm. they're, you've done it in a collaborative way, you can feel good about it. And and when you mention the future, I think that's one of the things we have to do. We have to stop planning on four year election cycles. You know, we have to plan uh, 15 years out or 20 years out because I think we're also obligated to uh, not only the taxpayers of today, but their kids and and their kids. Mm -hmm. Vivian, what about you? How are you going into uh, this new uh, opportunity, this new world of politics? Um, you know what? I'm I'm very excited. Um, it's not quite new for me. Yeah. You know, working with Councillor Mike, um, right. I've got a bit of a taste for it, and watching him while he leads and mentoring me and teaching me, and uh, him working with um, you know the mayor. And um, I've actually known the mayor personally. I've working with him before as his legal assistant. So there's a bit of a connection there already. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to be working with him more on a colleague. Um, level. I'm super excited to work with him, and uh, I hope that it's uh, like 
Kevin had mentioned, it'd be on a collaborative and on a, yeah. you know, in a group um, setting so that we can all communicate on voice our opinions. Because every word's going to have something different. Mm-hmm. We're all going to have our own issues that we want to solve within our own ward. And if we can all work together, collaborate, like, you know, you have an issue and I have an issue, let's work to see how we can balance each other out. Mm-hmm. And I hope the mayor can, can listen to all of us and accept some of those challenges and uh, so that we can move our city forward and progressively because I'm all about bettering our children because I have two children myself and mm. I'm always thinking about them and their future and uh, like had Kevin said, you know, their their kids, right? Because it's it's always yeah. we always mm-hmm. want our kids' interests best at hand, right? Mm-hmm. Sean, I heard mm-hmm. you last night mention Russ Wyatt and the fact that Russ has done a good <laughs> job with Transcona, and I think that's true. I think he's been a a good representative for for Transcona, and and uh, you talked about wanting to get more done in Transcona now, lots more to do. What's on your list of priorities? Ah, uh, well, uh, first, want to touch on the, the you know wiping the slate clean. Is, sure. uh, you know, like we, you know, the mayor wants to move forward. I think we need to to work better with our federal and provincial partners. Uh, there's been a lot of animosity on all levels. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in this province together. We need our federal representatives to be working with our provincial representatives, and right down to city hall, we we need to be on the same page. Yeah. Um, but priorities for Transcona, we we do have crime issues in Transcona. Um, it's underreported. Uh, we need people to be more active and diligent in our community. Neighbors getting to know their neighbors more, keeping an eye out for each other. Um, we have some infrastructure issues with our roads. I know there's been some progress on it. Um, but like Kevin said, if we're, if we're being proactive and, and forward thinking, uh, we can save a lot of money on our roads. We're paying, we're paying probably a 30% premium on our roads because we're not thinking far enough ahead. So we need to get – that's where we need to work with our federal and provincial partners so that we can forecast a lot better and a lot further out. Mm-hmm. Kevin, what about you in uh, Charleswood, Tuxedo, and Westwood? So um, I think first and foremost is it's a uh, um, uh, an idea, much like uh, Sean had mentioned, so if you're talking about uh, most important issues, yeah. everyone is talking about – you know, uh, infrastructure and streets and sidewalks and so on. And that really is what you hear at the door. I heard, yeah. you know, it was fairly becoming fairly common. Crime uh, is an issue. It's it's usually the uh, minor crimes, you know, theft property from a backyard crimes. property <laughs> right. and stuff like that. But of course, you don't want to see that escalate. So mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a focus that has to be put on that. And that's a bigger change. It's not just putting more officers on the street. And we've talked about that before. But you also hear from people, they don't mind paying taxes. They just want to know what they're getting for their money. Mm-hmm. And they, they'd like to get their value. They want to get, you know, what they're paying for. And I think that's something that we really have to focus on because, you know, if we get the government back to the basics, like let's get back to the basics of what city government should be doing. You'll right. fix the roads. As Sean said, don't just do Band-Aid repairs. We can save some money and do a good plan for it. Sidewalks. I, I talked to some uh, folks in 55-plus centers that, you know, they don't talk about the past. They're talking about the future, but their complaint is, you know, trying to walk down the street and the sidewalks are, you know, broken all over the place or they're heaving in some areas and such, and they can't use those sidewalks. Mm-hmm. So these are the, the, the little things that you just expect from the city. Parks. We don't, you know, our parks aren't very clean all the time. We're Thistle. Not, 
Yeah, we're yeah, not taking care not, of them. They're not taking care of No, and, and that's what we, you know, that's what we should be doing. And even community centers, right? They're falling apart and we're not putting a lot of work. And I talked to one community center where, you know, the obligation in the uh, is all put on volunteers of these community centers who are taxpayers who've pretty much already paid for the place, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But now we're making them fundraise and come up with money to do any, you know, changes or improvements. Yeah. I, you know, I think we have to stop for a few minutes and look at what we're really doing and say, we, we owe it to the taxpayer to get back to the basics and mm-hmm. start providing the services in a timely fashion and responding to their needs. What a point, Douglas, Vivian, uh, got to hear about. And, and I'll, I want to ask you a, a question about crime after you tell me about the priorities in, in Point Douglas. Um, you know, the... As I always said, one of the biggest, biggest priorities and uh, it has been Councillor Pacting and I's priority has been building the Arlington Bridge. You know, we, we say about infrastructure for sure. Yes, that is um, another one. But building that bridge, the connect, connection between the north and the south, um, it's uh, it needs to be built. It's almost ready to fall down or ready to be decommissioned. I shouldn't say fall down, but decommissioned. Mm. And um, once you cut that artillery off, you're going to have close to almost fifteen to 17,000 cars going somewhere else in the North End. And that's just a big no-no for, for our ward. Mm. Um, another one, a big priority of mine is, um, you know, creating a after-school programming. Um, you know, I kind of touch base. I can touch on the crime issue because that kind of goes part and parcel. Um, with my two kids, I... How I keep them out of trouble is you you put them into something, an give activity. Them stuff to do, yeah, yeah, give them something yeah. to do after school, whether it be recreational, whether it be um, you know going to the park and stuff like that. So if I can bring um, a free after school programming, maybe work with the Winnipeg School Board to see if they'd be on board to help me, and uh, we could do homework, a little bit of light snack. And for me, I'm an arm wrestler, so I think I'd like to kind of bring that in into it, um, but whether it be soccer or yeah. something like that. And why I say free as well is because um, babysitting, you know, it's it's not it's not free, right? And it's it's costly. So if you can, you can support um, families that have, um, you know, just standard uh, standard of living then and you provide that service it will it will help and I think it will go a long way with our children yeah I'll just put it out maybe Sean can weigh in on this but you mentioned property crime Kevin and the meth crisis and those two things going hand in hand and it's not just a neighborhood like Point Douglas right mm-hmm. which has no, a reputation or the, the north end it is everywhere, <laughs> everywhere now yeah. so what about an issue like that Sean well, from our perspective, it, you know, I mentioned it earlier about neighbors knowing neighbors. So it's it's keeping an eye, knowing who's belonging in your neighborhood, you know. And, and we're getting neighbors more emboldened to to ask when they see strangers on the street, "Oh, who are you here to see?" And you know, it's it it gives a sense of comfort to people. You know, if we've got seniors living alone at home, you know that uh, they're they're watching. Mm. So. Putting up some visual deterrence as well. Um, we have a family uh, on a particular neighborhood in uh, Harborview South. They went about and created their own signs, put them out, uh, that this area is protected by Neighborhood Watch. They've developed a very strong neighborhood block 
that is keeping an eye on their property. Yeah. And we've seen success with a group like Bear Clan, for example, mm-hmm. and yeah. what what good they can do mm-hmm. out there. So I think that's uh, you know definitely something worth looking at. So we're just about out of time already. So let me just get to Portage in Maine. The big no vote came down, but this isn't going anywhere, is it, Kevin? I mean, this is it's going to pop up for you guys very soon because something's got to. The repairs are needed in the underground. The, the barricades above ground are, are you know having issues. I think we're going to be dealing with this again sooner than later. What do you think? I, I think we will be dealing with it. And um, I think first and foremost, though, you have to respect what the voters have chosen, Absolutely, right? I mean, yeah. this is their decision. The unfortunate part is that we asked the question. I think we asked it too early. I, I don't think we uh, we uh, made the right decision there. I think we should have got more information out, more communication, so people could make a uh, a really good judgment call. I think that was the problem from the very beginning on this. There was no good information out right. for people to make an educated decision. Well, yeah, so I even think that if the question had been, do, do you want barriers up or no, if it was reversed, it probably would still be no, right? Because there was no information on it. So it was just, it's going to cost us money as opposed to, well, is it really going to cost us money? How much work does have to be done? And what can we do there? Mm-hmm. Like, let's talk about what can happen there. It's the same as, you know, we have that problem in uh, in, in uh, Charleswood Tuxedo and Westwood with the uh, issue of uh, extensions of the parkway and then what are we going to do with Wilkes and, you know, how, how the uh, people there were treated. That should never happen. Mm-hmm. You should have the conversations with these people first. And they, they are the taxpayers and, and and give them all the information and work with them to find the right solution. And I think if we would have done that on Portage of Maine, I, th- I think we'd be in a much better position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Portage of Maine, Vivian, that's it's, your war. It it Sorry, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. It puts me a little bit under the gun. And, um, you know, I know the exchange residences when I walked around there were very, very adamant on um, protecting their neighborhood because that's in their neighborhood, right? And those people primarily voted to open it yes, to pedestrians, it which huge. is really interesting I when saw you look the at map. the numbers and yeah. where the votes come from. Yeah, yeah. yeah they mostly came from the exchange district. and um, But it's hard for me because I've also seen in the other areas too, they voted no. So um, the barriers... <laughs> Are going to come down. I honestly think they're going to come down. Whether this plebis, you know, what the plebiscite has said. I'm just going to be honest. Um, the four corners, the business owners have already are investing in re- doing their own repairs to the underground, and most likely are that's their decision. They're mm-hmm. going to take the barriers down, um, and then the city is going to put money into fixing the road already in that circular and what what they own. Um, I think what's going to happen is the barriers are going to come down, but nobody's going to be able to walk through it. So you're going to have, you know, the barriers come down, but then all these signs are going to be like no crossing. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see. I just don't think it's, be, despite the big no I just want to add one more thing. Yeah. I think when the Jets win the Stanley Cup, I think is when pedestrians will be allowed to cross there. There you go. They may not have any choice. They may yeah, just, that's, they may I'm just saying, I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although I'm sure that there are a lot of people right now listening saying, well, what about True North Square, which is kind of what they hope will happen there. But I, I agree, there there is something special about Portage and yes, Maine. Yeah. Yes. Sean, a final word to you on that. Yeah, well, as I went around door to door, and uh, you know, Transcona was overwhelmingly against opening it. Uh, but what I what I kept reiterating is we do need to do accessibility upgrades, both above grade and below grade. It was closed in the late seventies, early eighties when people did not have the same care and concern with regards to persons with disabilities moving around. Right. We have to get into modern society and and make sure that we include people fully. Sean, thank you very much, uh, Vivian and uh, Kevin. 
Guys, thank you, thank you for coming in today. I really thank appreciate you. it, and, and best of luck. And uh, we will be watching. All thank of us, you. us taxpayers, yes. will be watching. Thanks, guys. Why is it important to vote? Uh, let's talk about this because you know what? It is disappointing that only 42% of Winnipeggers who were eligible, eligible to vote voted. That's last time, four years ago, it was up at over uh, 50%, around mm-hmm. 50 or a little over 50%. Um, I get it, you know, because I think this election campaign in a lot of ways was sort of boring and kind of ho-hum. And, you know, we sort of all felt like we knew the way things were going to go down. But it is important to get out there and vote in. And I wanted to give you a chance to talk about that because you've always got great wise words on stuff like this. Well, I'll tell you why I vote. Um, And the reason why I vote is because as a therapist, I see lots of different people in my office. And a lot of them, they are products of World War II, where um, they might be elderly and they were born at the tail end of it, or else they they are children of people that fought in World War II and came back and had to use substances in order to be able to numb out the trauma or who never spoke about it and so never taught their children about how to speak about difficult things. Like the ripple effects of war continue in my office all the time. Uh, And there are certainly uh, people who are now in public protection and who fight for our nation who are still experiencing. And what they're doing is that they are working to be able to make sure that everybody has a voice, right? To be able to make sure that people can vote. And people in this world are dying because they are trying to fight for a right to have a voice in leadership and ways that to move things forward. And when I vote, it's to honor the people who have paid the price to make sure that we can vote. And so sometimes, you know, it means getting in the car and finding that stupid voter card that I got in the mail several weeks ago and I had to hunt it down. But it's a way of honoring um, the price that people pay to make sure that we can vote because it's a huge gift and we are far enough away from war in this country that sometimes we forget the incredible price that so many paid in order to make such a luxury and such a gift, such a beautiful gift possible. Yeah, I always say a right and a privilege. And yesterday, one of our, uh, I think it was yesterday, our question of the day at CGOB.com was, why do you vote? Uh, and many people weighed in saying because of people that died in war for our right to vote, right? So I think you're absolutely right. We don't think of that sometimes, but you're right. Like people all around the world are fighting for that right, dying for that right to vote. And we're so apathetic about it, or many of us are. And we take it for granted because we've had it for so long, right? It's hard for us to realize how precious it is uh, and how hard fought it, it, it that we have the system we do. And so it's something that I vote because I don't want to take it for granted and I want to honor those people who have and are still paying a price for that. Mm-hmm. Now, why is it important to run for public office? And I've been saying today, and I've said before, but I've been saying today a couple of times how I have a lot of respect for somebody, even if I don't agree with their politics, mm-hmm. I have a lot of respect and appreciation for somebody who runs and wants to give public service, wants to be you know, a part of the solution, not part of the problem. So I have a, a lot of respect for that. Why is it important to run? Well... I think it's, I just totally admire people who run, right? Me you too. You open yourself up to all sorts of criticism. You have to develop a thick skin or be able to absorb criticism, some of which might be informed and much of which is not informed, right? It's, it's, it's really putting yourself out there in ways that I admire. And as I was thinking about this, I was just surfing the net um, around this topic. And I was reminded of this guy named Red Klotz. 
and Red Klotz played for the Washington Generals, which was the team that played for the Harlem Globetrotters, right? right? And um, so he was in the game, and he lost, right? He they they lost a lot. Very much more than they won, right? They may have won somewhere between one to six times, depending on what folklore you remember. And what he says is that he always played to win, and that obviously didn't mean coming out ahead on the final scoreboard, but rather by bringing out the best in the opponents. Um, They worked to make the the Harlem Globetrotters play hard. They didn't let them win easy. Um, They made and, And there was passion and joy in both teams when the Washington Generals pushed the Harlem Globetrotters to play hard. Um, and he, they, he, this, so this article said, can't we imagine what it would be like if the opposing teams in government would play the same way where mm. we don't know if we're going to win, but we're going to push the other team hard because we're going to bring out the best in them. And we're all better off when we push others to bring, when we push to bring yeah. out the best in each other. Hmm. Second, for the Washington Generals and Red Claws in particular, playing well meant playing the roles assigned to them. One of the famous Harlem Globetrotter routines was to yank the pants down of an opposing player. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. On every tour with the Globetrotters, Red Klotz took initial pants duty, as it apparently was called, and he had his pants yanked down thousands of times. Imagine what the rest of the world would be like if leaders voluntarily took on pants duty before asking those they lead to do the same. Hmm. Um, it has never been our job to lose, he says. It's, it was the Harlem Globetrotters' job to win. And so I know that there's probably some very disappointed people who worked very hard, knocked on a lot of doors, um, printed off a lot of flyers and delivered them. They worked their tails off. And and even though they lost, there's still a level at which they won because they made us all better as they engaged in the discourse of the issues of the day. And they pushed the people that are now going to um, govern and lead us. They've pushed them to clarify their issues and to make sure that they're on their toes because there's going to be someone else running, going to be running against them in the next election. I said that to Tim Dyack, who finished a disappointing third in the okay. race for mayor last night. And uh, I was texting with him after the results came in. And I said, you know what, man, you made a difference. You brought an important issue into the spotlight. It became one of the big issues in the election campaign. And you didn't win, but you won because that issue became part of the conversation. And that, I think, is huge. And what we want is we want rich conversation and rich dialogue and rich discourse in a way that helps us all be better people and helps us move forward in a way that's more informed. Let me ask you another bonus question bonus on, on this issue before I uh, take a break here. So how do we get more people to vote and how do we get more people, more good people to run? Like, I'm going to answer that? I don't know. <laughs> but you always have, you had such great answers for the, you know, uh, why is it important to vote? Why is it important to run? How do we do that? How do we motivate people to get out there? And like you told a great story about, you know, how people should be voting for the people right. that have lost their lives for you know what I mean, like, or or if you don't have an answer, that's fine. You can say I don't have an answer, but usually you've got great answers. So. I think what we have to realize is that it can be safer to say I don't care, and it can, it's much safer to say I'm not going to engage. I'm not going to try too hard because if I don't engage, then I won't be disappointed. And I think disappointment is a part of life. Um, I think not wanting to be disappointment is to want to be dead. Right? That's the ambition of a dead person. When we want to be engaged and be involved, it means that it's not always going to go well. It means it's not always going to go our way. It means that sometimes people are going to be mean and nasty to each other or to us. And we have to recognize that that's worth it. It's worth it to engage and to talk about the issues. It's worth it engage to throw your hat in the ring if you feel like mm-hmm. you can make a difference that way. When you don't know the outcome and you know that just being involved in doing your best will make the world a better place. See how good that answer was? Aww. That was a good answer, Carolyn Classen. 
Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.